Hey there, party people. Welcome back to the Fireside Chat on 86.5 The Vibe. This is your boy, Jack EC. And Shade. Come sit by the fire. Let's chat. How have you all been? It's been a while. Shade, how have you been? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. That's really good to hear. I hope everybody's doing great. By the time you all hear this, you'll be halfway through your week, which is pretty awesome. Another week down, another week up. That being said, today we're going to talk about uh, teachers say no to school, ACB confirmed to the Supreme Court, Trump's path to the White House, and dating your ex. So we have some marshmallows to roast today. But before we get started on that, we're going to start on two-sentence horror, you know, the usual way we begin, at least for October. So uh, in traditional spirit of winding down the season, I have one more full-length story for you guys uh it's called the blind man and it goes the blind man yeah the blind man so in berlin after world war ii money was hard to earn food supplies were low and people were starving at that time there was a young woman who saw a blind man breaking through the crowd she asked where are you headed how can i help you The man asked her, can you give this letter to my friend? She read the address and quickly agreed. She walked a few steps. She turned to ask if there was anything else that the blind man needed. But by that point, it was too late. The man was already rushing through the crowd surprisingly quickly for not having even a cane. She became suspicious. So she went to the police. When the police conducted an investigation into the address on the envelope, they found a terrible thing. Three butchers cutting up human flesh and selling them to the hungry people at a low price. They read the envelope, and in it was a note that simply said, This is the last meat I can give you today. Oh, wow. Oh, no, that's dirty. I like that one. That one was good. So um, you all know the way we've been beginning our episodes for a while now. Um, The challenge. Think of two things you liked about today. Shade, would you like to go first? Uh, Sure. Well, um, today is of the last... Three days before uh, my concert coming up on the 31st. So um, I had a really good practice with my rhythm guitar player, Christopher Dawkin, who should be coming on the show at some point here soon. Um, But yeah, I had a really good practice with him. And then otherwise, my lessons with my students were really good. I had a new student today. I won't give any names, of course, but a new student today that was very excited Uh, He just started playing guitar. I think he's about probably 10 or 11. And uh, he uh, he came to class. He already knew like four or five songs. He was just like, yeah, I really want to like learn Nirvana, which for those of you who don't know, I love Nirvana. So we got to take um, a really nice quick run through of a few different things that I think he really kind of... um, meshed with he really kind of clicked with it and that was just a really a big highlight of my day okay so i'm gonna take the student route too my kid was on point in math today and after oh, there answering you like 20 questions right in a row he pulls out a dodger's hat and just puts it on his head and i was like let's he did go not. <laughs> that boy said i win like the dodgers i was like there yes. you go Chief. it's crazy hat day he didn't have a crazy hat so he just Pulled out the Dodgers hat. I was like, okay. I was like, I like it. Like, crazy how you whipped that out on us. Like, we weren't ready for it. And then the second thing I liked about today. People aren't ready for the Dodgers. Hasn't necessarily happened yet. But I'm excited for our trip to Wawa. It's about 20 minutes. We're going to get some late night food. Sing some karaoke on the way down. It's going to be a good time. So, What do you think you're going to get at Wawa? The same thing I always get, a sandwich, and then with the option of a pretzel, <laughs> half pretzel, not the full one. 
That's a lot of those things are so hard to chew. Like I'm like, man, like my jaw clenches up. Yeah, they're not the best pretzels. I don't know why you get them, but <laughs> they're really good. They're just hard. But that being said, let's move on to the main side of the chat. The news item of the day or the news items. FCPS Teachers Union says no school for the remainder of the year. Shade, thoughts on that? Well, honestly, I do not blame them. Um, as we've said on a number of chats, our numbers are not going down. That said, in Northern Virginia, it seems like we're actually doing pretty okay. Not to jinx anything, like fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that good stuff. Like, I don't want anything to go wrong, but it seems like at least here we're doing okay. But in from what I've heard, the report saying Richmond is still on the rise. Places all over, even not that far away, are still on the rise. And it just doesn't quite seem safe to me yet. What about you? Yeah, Being so an FCPS teacher. I am not an FCPS teacher. Oh, Joey you're not? FCPS. I'm an entirely different. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're just watching them with popcorn. Like, watching the, watching the drama unfold. Um, no, I would be curious to know if there's a... I would be curious to know what the effect of open schools are on the rate of infection within a county. A like, question. FCPS schools are closed, so we're lower. But you did reference places that, you know, the are cases open. are going up. Are they open? And well, yeah, a lot of a, them are. A lot of them, exactly. Yeah, and so I would be curious to know what the data is from that. And a lot of people talked about how kids don't catch it, blah, 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 like they haven't caught it. That's because they've been at home with nowhere to go at all. Just playing their video games, playing Among Us is like the new big thing. Have you heard of that one? I have, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, do, you, do your kids play too? Oh, yeah, all of them. I'm Heck, at, my bandmates all play it. They're all trying to get me to play it. Like, good grief. I, I thought about trying it the other day, but I, I just didn't. I don't know why. Good. I should have. No, don't. It's kind of like a good creepypasta. It is kind of like a like, creepypasta. It's a good creepypasta. You're playing a game. It's. It reminds me of this old game, um, Mafia. If you've ever played it, it's like um, it's like a word of mouth game, but where you have to two people are like mafia members in a group of other people. I guess it's kind of like a camp game, right? And you have to kill off all the other people in the room before they figure out who's in the mafia. And I think that's what it's kind of based off of. Oh, really? I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't played that one before, but. We're off task. That being said, so <laughs> FCPS teachers, I think that COVID, so that's the first thing I think. The second thing I think is we're going into flu season and Halloween looks like it's going to be a super spreader event. It looks like nobody is taking Halloween off. Nobody is going to stop partying. None of that. And so I would caution whether opening schools at the same time is a good idea. But at the same time, the other day I was talking to one of my friends who's a nurse, and she's a nurse and a teacher. She went to, uh, well, she was she was a nurse, and now she teaches nursing at the high school. It's an academy course now. So, like, if you want to become a nurse, you can get a head start in high school, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that and is And she cool. was saying that her and her friends, like, they want the schools to open. They want everybody to just, like she said, just go catch COVID. Go, like, let's just get herd immunity. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, that's kind of irresponsible, but she's kind of right. Like, if nobody, like, if we're just going to continue to carry on and carry on, like, and, you know, I think, what, 50% of people said they aren't going to take the vaccine when it comes out? I yeah, mean, I don't think I'll like have a that. choice. Like you said, as a teacher, they'd be like, you vaccinate yourself, you can find a new job, big dog. Like, yep. So I'm, I'm probably going to be injecting myself with whatever the CDC or Moderna or whoever can come up with. But... So I kind of think that was an interesting take on it, you know, just go back and do what you're going to do. But I guess my point is, is if I was FCPS, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made the headline, no school for the rest of the year, like the school year, I would have meant no school for the rest of 2020. So yeah. looking into January, February, maybe March, we can come like what if a vaccine comes out in March ish. 
Like, I think that's when Dr. Fauci said one would come around, like, February or March or something. Mm -hmm. What if one comes out then and everybody gets vaccinated and then we can get, you know, the last quarter in of school in person? Yeah. No, and once everyone's vaccinated, you know, you don't have to, the mass, the social, we can just go back. Everybody can just go back. Right. And life can be normal. But then I kind of see their point in the sense, like, it is a lot for teachers to transition. Teachers are working harder than ever these days. I'm not, but most of them are. <laughs> no, I got to keep it a stack with you. I was like, if one of my coworkers is this, they're going to be like, what are you doing? I'm, I answered two emails yesterday and was in school for eight hours. What did you do? Well, I had to grade this and I did that and I made these lesson plans. I had to call these parents. I did. Yeah, um, that sounds they're working about right. Me. Um, so that's really what I would say about that is I wouldn't make any long term decisions. But at the same time, I understand from their perspective, a transition would be hard. Hybrid learning, all this stuff seems very, very difficult from an educational standpoint. Yeah. Teachers are already underpaid. Uh, not that anybody wants to hear that anymore. I was going to say teachers are public enemy w number one in the eyes of uh, some Americans. And there are a lot of teachers who do want to go back. Like I said, that nursing teacher is like, yeah, send us back. Like, let's just let's just do what we have to do. But so that's what I would say about it. Uh, the other news item of the day, ACB confirmed to the Supreme Court. Shade sworn in today or yesterday thoughts on that yeah i mean i'm not surprised uh she seems at least to me like she makes sense as a candidate what i would be worried about is just like you know what is this going to mean for our rights as people but it seems to me at least that she has said that she is going to follow stringently to the laws that are written, which might not be the worst thing. Like, it doesn't mean that she's necessarily on the side of Donald Trump or necessarily on the side of her personal opinion. She's just going to, at least from what she says, try to, what is it, nonpartisanly read the laws and interpret the laws, which is exactly what she's supposed to do. Yeah, so for me, I'm not going to say that I'm not, like, worried about it, but I'm a big believer in worrying about what you can change. She's confirmed. What is going to be the response now? And I would respond for individuals to vote. But once again, I would caution against stacking the Supreme Court because I promise you it, it always comes back around. Changing the rules... It always comes back around. Yeah, that I would, would be a bad idea. As a matter of fact, I would let the conservative court make some terrible decisions and then see how many more people want to vote blue. Like, yeah. How many more people are like, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't have been voting with Republicans all this time. Maybe, maybe yeah. there was something else there. And so I don't know. I think that it's wild because when I was in pre-law, I was taught not to look at I was taught it's a JV interpretation of the court to look at it like, democrats versus republicans but at the same time like i look at like mitch mcconnell and chuck schumer's speeches about like what happened and first and foremost i think that this country is definitely broken like i think that my last take where i was like oh maybe we can love each other and have different opinions i think that's out there i think <laughs> as far as america goes that's out the door um at this point, like I'm, I'm gonna continue to love others with, who have different opinions, and if you don't, that's that's who you are. But I just like I read like what Chuck Schumer said. One, I don't understand how they're ever how the two parties are gonna get along for a while. Oh, but who knows? The only the only way is if somebody you know decides to be the bigger person. And a lot of people on the left would say, "Oh, well, we're always the bigger person." Uh. But the truth is, whoever the next president is, whether it's Donald Trump again or Joe Biden, they need to go to the other side and be like, this has gotten to be a lot. Like, this has gotten to be, I think that's why Joe Biden is going to win. As a matter of fact, our next topic is, you know, does Trump have a path to the White House? You know, what is it? But 
I think that's I think that's one of the reasons Trump could be in, you know, hot water is because there's a number of Americans that just see this to be too much. Like yeah. it was a lot under Obama, like Obama, the Tea Party, the shutdowns, yep. Ted Cruz, all that good stuff. This is too much. I mean, we're gonna confirm a Supreme Court nominee seven days before the election, if that. Yeah, it's seven days before the election. When we couldn't do that four years ago. And to be fair, you know, two separate parties controlling the Senate, you know, that's just the way the tumbleweed tumbled, to be honest with you. That's the way the system was set up. It could have went the other way. Uh, and Democrats should have voted in 2016. And as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons when we talk about Trump's path to the White House, I think he could be in trouble, not just confirming her. But it's the fact that he didn't use the Supreme Court seat to draw out conservatives that would otherwise be repulsed by him. Think about the Ben Sasses of the world. But we'll get into that in just a sec. So that's personally what I think. I think the response has got to be vote blue. Like, I'm not, I consider myself an independent voter, but I feel like I've already made up my mind in 2020, 20, 2020, probably through 2028. 2032 the republican party needs serious serious change if it's going to work into the later 2020s you know early 2030s and you saw some of the change with mitt romney you know taking a knee for black lives matter and stuff like that but at the end of the day like i said i feel like most americans just view this whole thing to be a lot and i think the worst part about it is you know seven days before you can confirm the Supreme Court justice because that's a priority. But what about COVID relief? Whether you believe in the danger of the disease or not, the disease has definitely hurt the American economy. It's definitely hurt the American worker. It's definitely hurt the American family. And instead, we put policy before the people. That's just me, my two cents. But uh, so our next topic is, does Trump have a path to the White House? If so, what is it? Shade, you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Why not? Um, Well, so I think the only way that Trump could honestly get into the White House is kind of actually based on kind of what you were saying there. He would have to show some legitimate change not necessarily in character just in overall direction he would have to show that his next interests are going to be (sighs) calming down and listening which are not his strong suits we all know that i don't think that could happen (laughs) in the next like like week at all but if if he oh, yeah, managed somehow to show that he could be reasonable as a person to all parties, not just to his party, then maybe we'd get somewhere. Well, I mean, he's not even reasonable to his own party. If you look at like the way he like him and Ben Sass went back and forth, of course, I tell folks Ben Sass shouldn't have been saying all that. Like Ben Sass is like he spends like a drunken sailor. He's this way with women. Like Ben Sass went off about him on a call, and you just you know how Trump is. You knew Trump was going to respond. You shouldn't have. Like if you were going to diss Trump, you have to sneak diss Trump. Like Mitch McConnell said the other day, he hadn't been to the White House in months because they're handling coronavirus differently at the White House than how they do in the Senate. And then he followed it up by saying, and in the Senate, we wear masks and social distance. It's like, ooh. So what you're saying is you don't go to the White House because they don't wear masks and social distance. You're saying that the White House is irresponsible. You're also saying that the White House is irresponsible so much so that you don't want to go. You recognize the danger of the disease, that people should be doing that responsibly. And yet, so he said, ain't me, chief. Like, or when Trump was talking about $1.7 billion for a coronavirus relief, uh, $1.7 billion or trillion? Regardless, yeah, it's probably trillion because uh, yeah, I, think I was going to say trillion. Mitch McConnell came out and he had a Republican plan he put up for a vote and it was just $500 billion. It was like, that's the, re- 
that's not the Republican president's plan. Whose plan is that, Mr. McConnell? Like, is that? And so it's one of those things where it's like you have to you have to sneak diss Trump in a way that he's not, I'm gonna say, legislatively or politically savvy enough to understand, maybe. Like Trump like didn't see any of that as a slight. If I were him and I had his personality, I'd be tweeting. I'd be like, Mitch, did I say 0.5 or did I say 1.7? Am I talking to myself? Like, are you crazy? Like, you're going to come to the White House right now and talk to me. And we're not going to social distance. And you're not going to wear a mask. Like, if you know what's good for you. If you want my support one week from today against Amy McGrath. Nah, that's too much. But no, I think Trump has a path to the White House. But it's different than 2016. It's a lot different than 2016. So first and foremost, Biden is much more likable than Hillary. Oh, definitely. That's just like, I started to look up the numbers and I was like, why waste my time? If you're, a re- if you went up and you ask a Republican, they're definitely going to say Joe Biden. And then if you ask a Democrat, it's probably 60-40 Joe, maybe 65-35 Joe. I could see that. But I re- I, I wouldn't know. Um, but I mean, even like his, his favorability, like Hillary has been through so much with like Benghazi, the emails, like, yeah, seriously. she was, yeah, I was going to say she was there for the Clinton white house when all of that stuff was going on. And it's like, so Hillary had been around for a while as opposed to like, Joe had been around for a while too, but Joe had mostly kept his nose clean for the most part. And so much more likable than Hillary. Speaking of Joe keeping his nose clean. Another difference between 2016 and this year is the October surprise is totally irrelevant. Americans couldn't care less about what's on that laptop and whether it's true or not. They don't care. And to keep it a buck with you, neither do I. I mean, all right, so worst case scenario, it's true. So they're both corrupt. Worst case scenario, it's not true and it's nothing to worry about. So I I don't know. I believe it is probably true, to be honest with you, but... I really wouldn't know, really couldn't tell you. So those are two big differences. Another big one is voter turnout. The Democratic machine is organized this time. It's angry, it's upset, and it's well-funded, and it's it's not just ads, it's on the ground. It's a nice ground attack coupled with an air game, you know, with ads across all different platforms. The Democratic attack is nice this time. That being said, when we look at polls, Hillary won nationally by 2.1%, but she the polls had her at 3.3. Biden is up right now at 8.3. If you take off, what, 1.2, he's still up 7.1%, which is enough for him to win most of the battleground states and have a, a Democratic uh, superstorm, honestly. But once again, 2016, you had that SCOTUS seat. That was, you know, a driving factor for conservatives who were reluctant about Trump. Like, think about it. If you're a conservative now, you got uh, you got Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. You won. She'll be on. She's young. She'll be on the court for. I think Hillary Clinton was on. I mean, not Hillary Clinton. Uh, RBG was on. She got confirmed in like 92. She got confirmed before we were born. And served all this time, like, and yeah, so there's going to be, like, it it won't be till the day we die, like, she'll be on the court, but it'll be a long time. We'll be, we'll definitely be old men, Shade. We'll have kids. Our kids might be working on having kids by the time she's, think about it. Yeah, she really might be. Like, she could be on for a while. I I, I don't know. So he he definitely could have used the empty SCOTUS seat to push reluctant conservatives, but that wasn't an idea that they had, I guess. And then he had more safe states in 2016 too. He had Iowa, Georgia, Texas, South Carolina, Ohio, Arizona. All of those are battlegrounds now. All those are places where Trump now has to spend money, whereas he didn't have to spend money and campaign there before. Not that he should be campaigning there. The only place I would be campaigning is Pennsylvania. Granted, we're going to talk about that in a sec. You could still win Pennsylvania and lose the whole thing. It would be really hard, but it's definitely possible. But we'll get into that in a sec. 
but the last thing I would say before we, you know, talk about what his path is, electorally speaking, because remember, it's not really about the national numbers at all. When we look at the national average, 8.3, you know, 2 point, whatever. But Trump's favorability is awful. Like, I think it's 43.54. And I think even of that 43%, there's a good 10 to 15 of them that would say, I like his policies, don't like the guy. Yeah. I would say that there's a number of people who would say, you know, like his policies, like the fact he cut taxes, you know, what he's doing with the Supreme Court, all that good stuff. But at the same time, the man himself, uh, it's not it for me. I feel like there's a lot of people who would say that. Maybe I could be wrong. That being said, so when I look at the map, last time Trump won 306 to 232 over Hillary Clinton. That means that if the map stays the exact same, Trump would well, obviously Trump will win again. That means that Trump has 36 votes he can, or 36 states, 36 electoral votes he can lose through a number of states. Probably three would be more likely than not what would happen. Of course, if you lose Pennsylvania and Florida, you lost. Simple as that. Uh, last time he won Pennsylvania, North Carolina, he won Florida. Georgia, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Texas, and Arizona. All of those are battlegrounds now, and he can't afford to lose more than three. It's hard to believe that Arizona would go blue, but it's been a long time coming, and they did say in 2016, if not 2016, 2020, uh, I think Trump has only led in one poll in the last like three months. Granted, that's a good sign. You lead in one poll, like it means that you're within the margin of error. You're within striking distance, which is important to note. Being within striking distance is huge because you never know how turnout is actually going to look. It's easy when someone calls you to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for this person. What's difficult is standing in line and waiting hours and hours to vote getting up early in the morning to go vote, whatever you're going to do. But so I'm not going to talk about Arizona. I'm going to say that I've got Trump keeping Arizona. What I'm going to talk about is Wisconsin and Michigan. I don't think Trump has a chance there, and that's 26. Remember, he can only lose 36 or 37 he would need to lose to lose. And that's 26 right there. Michigan, when I look at Michigan shade, like, so you know the governor, Gretchen Whitmer, there, right? Yeah. And so she got elected in 2018 as a part of that blue wave, which is another thing I'm looking at when they look at poll numbers. The polls might not have gotten 2016 right, but they definitely got 2018 right. Let's be fair. like. And um, so she got elected then. She has a good favorability in her state, and Trump just continues to attack her and it's one of those things where it's like he's the things he's attacking her about aren't policy related. It's not, there's no real reason for it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think you want to win Michigan, buddy. I just, if I was his advisor, I'd be like, why are we like, she's the victim of a terrorist plot. She said what she said. Why are we responding? We're literally having a back and forth with her in, I think they had a back and forth. He was in Michigan four hours ago talking about her. No. Talking trash about her. That's foolish. And it's a waste of your time. He's it not is. gonna win Michigan. I'd bet my I'd bet my immortal soul on it. It's on the it's on the YouTube. I was gonna say it's on Spotify. Y'all can call me out if I'm wrong. I don't have him winning Michigan, and I don't have him winning Wisconsin either. Pennsylvania, he's closing the gap. He can't afford to lose all three. So if he loses Pennsylvania, that would be the end of it. Pennsylvania, he's beginning to close the gap. And I think Biden said in the last debate something like he wants to be off fossil fuels by 2030. Man, it's like sometimes in politics, like there's a time to say stuff. And there's a time to like pretend like you never said it, even though it's on your website and everything like big environmentalist wouldn't have said that. You're trying to win like Texas and Pennsylvania. That hurts you. Bad. Yeah. All I mean, to be fair, Trump is just going around talking about fracking, fracking, fracking. I wonder how well that'll help him in Pennsylvania. I don't know. I 
still think I have Pennsylvania going for Joe Biden. So I'm going to say I have Joe Biden as the next president. But Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. I wonder how he'll do in North Carolina. He's been leading in all the polls there, too. I think Trump will keep Florida, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina. I don't think Trump has to worry about any of that. But Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. Those five are the five that are going to decide the election. And I think Biden already has two of them. I think, like I said, Michigan, Wisconsin, I think that's a done deal. So the question is, how do things go in Arizona? Right now, it's looking good for Democrats. They've got a guy who is, uh, he's, you remember the congresswoman who got shot in the head? Yeah. Gabby Giffords, it's her mm-hmm. husband. Oh, really? He's a former astronaut. Yeah, so he's oh, going out there. That boy is looking good. Like, he's looking good. Uh, and so you have him. And then North Carolina, the Senate candidate in North Carolina looks pretty good, too. He got in trouble for, I guess he was cheating on his wife or something. And he got in trouble a couple months ago, and he didn't drop in the polls at all. It's like people couldn't care less, honestly. And Well, well, we're getting to a point where I don't think that that's the most important thing when it comes to doing your job in politics. That's that's kind of my point, is people, like, it's one of those things where either you want Trump to stay or you want him out. Uh, And so some people, you know, they're, they're good surrogates, but... Yeah, he didn't he didn't drop in the polls for a second. It's one of those things where it's like, well, the president's had three wives and cheated on all of them. Like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's like you're, you're really, really gonna sit there anything? and say you're gonna vote Republican and support him and you ain't gonna support me. Like and um So yeah, I, I really don't know. I think our next president's gonna be Joe. That's what I'm gonna say. I don't know, but our next president will probably be Joe. Which would be historic for Kamala Harris. That would be... I wonder if she would steal center stage. Like, would the news outlets be talking about Joe Biden mostly, or would they be talking about her? Yeah, you have to wonder. I was going to say, historic uh, nomination, and historic if she were to get elected. But So that's, that's what I think about Trump's path to the White House. Does he have a chance? Absolutely. He's close... He's within the margin of error in a lot of states. So is Biden in the states. Like Biden's within the margin of error in Texas and Florida and Ohio. And Trump is within the margin of error in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Arizona. And so it'd be interesting to see what, you know, the final results are. But I'm tilted to say that Trump's path to the White House, it's closing. Like I said, you I think you've lost Michigan and Wisconsin. You cannot afford to lose anything else, whether it's North Carolina, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Pennsylvania. And if you lose Pennsylvania, that's to be fair, you probably need a combination of three states regardless to flip if you're Joe. But Pennsylvania being one would be would definitely be a huge one. Uh, and it would be nice it to, you know, as far as putting back the blue wall goes, as they call it. That being said, Shade, it's time for you to start talking, buddy. So they got a virtual dating plus topic for you. They want to talk about dating your ex. Oh, yeah, right. Dating Can you your slash ex. should you, would you go back to your ex? Whew, so that's a big question. Um, So let's start with this um it kind of partially depends on where you're at um i would say in your maturity level and how mature your relationship is if this is like a like young college fling sometimes you guys see each other sometimes you don't honestly at that point it really doesn't matter it doesn't matter because it's not probably going to be permanent anyway. So have fun, enjoy yourselves, explore your feelings, all that good stuff. However, if this is a serious relationship, this is something that honestly has screwed you up in some way. If this is something that has been more important, like a serious relationship, then honestly, I have to say, at least in my experiences, 
it's not the best idea to get back with your ex. Now, I'm not saying is this never an option. Sometimes, maybe. It really does depend. They probably would have to change a lot, and you would probably have to change a lot. You both would have to have matured and grown to an understanding or be in a better place in all regards in order to actually make it work. And it's going to have to be work. But more often than not, I find that going back to something that is broken is exactly that. You are going back to something that is broken. You are trying to put the pieces back together, but they are not going to fit. Not the way that they used to. It's going to be fragile, and chances are it's going to break again. Okay, so let me ask you this then. You pointed out something about maturity. What if a lot of time has passed? What if I had a a girlfriend in high school and, you know, we dated all the way up until we were juniors, seniors. We dated, you know, two, three years or so. I don't know. And now all this time has passed and you're about our age, plus or minus two, three years. So that's that's the thing. At that point, again, they're not even really the same person. They've been through an entire extra life, an entire extra high school, middle school, plus career. High school, middle school, college almost. Like, they've become an entirely new person. In order to really determine should you get back with your ex, you honestly have to kind of omit them in your mind as being an ex and kind of see them as who they are, this new person that you don't really know. And you can base it on that. Okay, so at that point, you wouldn't even call it your ex then. I wouldn't. That's a different person. And you would say, you would throw everything out from the past? Like, you can't even, like, what about the good moments? You wouldn't want to laugh and talk about it's those? It's not, like, well, hey, sure. you remember when I took you over by the lake? Da, 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 I'm not like. trying to get rid of nostalgia. Like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, asking, I'm asking. So, like, for example, there was a significant period of time where you and I, we didn't really talk that mm-hmm. much. Not to say that there was any animosity or any, like, disdain, anything like that. You know, we just didn't really talk you know you went to college i went to do my things and yeah college yeah college (laughs) and um yeah we came back in contact and um we kind of had to get to know each other again not really it was always like we'd always known each other like because we have we've known each other since we were in like what fourth grade like long time and it's But at the same time, it was just like kind of getting to know a new person. It was learning about your experiences. It was getting to know, oh, so you went and you did this. And because of that, you decided to make these decisions with your life. You know, it was like it was finding out an entire extra chapter to who you are that I just didn't know. And in that regard, it was like. Sure, that natural friendship or what it might be for a relationship, chemistry or whatever is always going to be there. But it was kind of like getting to know a new person. So would you say then a good rule of thumb would be what, five years or so? That's about how long I was gone. You know, I, yeah, five years is all right. I would say, five, you know, six. maybe like, yeah, six, it may be more even. It if depends. you feel like you if you feel like you have to. What if you guys broke up on impulse? Like, what if you were mad, y'all were arguing, and you said, I'm done. You walked away, and then about an hour later, you calmed down, and you're like, mm, dang, I shouldn't have been done. Yeah. Is it okay to get back then? Well, would you that- get back with someone who said that they were done, walked away, and then like an hour later called you? Or would you say that's toxic and that's just nuts? Again, it depends on your maturity. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you're like 19, 20, 21, like, Honestly, that's typical, and you're probably going to do that a million times. You're, you're probably in a, if you're 19, 20, 21, you're probably in a toxic relationship right now. Yeah, straight up. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, experience life. And that's how you get to know who you are and what you <laughs> like. And, you know, when someone's being a bleep. <laughs> but no, seriously, like, definitely explore your interests, explore relationships. But as you get to be older, like, you know, you're our age, mid to later twenties, 
Um, and let's say even 30s when you're trying to maybe settle down or just be in a serious relationship or even just kind of tired of flings and want to just see where something goes. It's like maybe going back with your ex that you broke up with because this happened a week ago and you guys just broke up on impulse. That should be telling you something. That should be telling you, hey, this is a like... 19 20 year old relationship and i'm a grown man i need to like either not be feeling this in myself and i need to step away or i shouldn't be tolerating this kind of behavior and i need to step away like one or the other all right let me ask you this you ever heard the phrase love is always either there or never was okay yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't, oh, haven't, but okay. I get what it means. There's a phrase, yeah, love is either always there or never was. It means that once you love somebody, there will always be something in your heart for them. Would you say that phrase is true? So um, if it's real love, I would say yes. And that does bring up – so for me, for example, um, I would say that there's not a single woman outside of like when I was like maybe – 18 and older that uh, I had been with that I wasn't in some way in love with. And to this point, yeah, sure. I think about them. Sure. I hope they're, they're doing okay. I hope that their life is going all right. I understand now that my presence in their life absolutely makes no sense because I'm, you know, a rock star degenerate. (laughs) 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 No, 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 no. That's, that's just a joke. But for sure, it doesn't make sense for me it's to be with. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't that? make sense for me to be with certain people anymore. The way that it maybe did when I was younger, um, if that makes sense. So while I still may have you know love for them, or even I wouldn't say feelings for them. I, I wouldn't say that. That's going a little far. But even if you, for whoever the viewer is, have feelings for these people, that doesn't mean that. Yes, you absolutely should be with them. Don't confuse that for, well, yeah, that understanding. It just means that you're a caring, loving individual that, you know, is capable of loving and caring, which is good. Okay. I like that advice. I like that. It's it's very mature. You're saying that you can love somebody from a distance and, you know, you can grow separately, but you can still want the best for them. Absolutely. And I like that. I do. I like that a lot. And so I think I think that's the best advice is sometimes it's better to leave things broken than to cut your hands up trying to put together the pieces. And I know that's like a cliche. No, it's um, true, though. But the truth is we leave things in our past, and sometimes that's where they should stay. And old feelings you know especially like can you can you really put away let me ask you this can you really put away the things that they put you through like you can forgive them yes but when you look at them and y'all are you know cuddling at night and you look down you think to yourself i remember when you really messed me up when you did this that's does that not does that not is it not going to bother your current relationship or bother you at all like can you really can you really say like so speaking as a person who has done exactly that i felt like i could convince myself that i didn't know i felt like in my consciousness i didn't know but in reality it kind of ate away at me and that I was just thinking to myself, I feel the same. I was thinking to myself, with my exes, like, I can think of two of them. Actually, I can only think of one, really, that I really, really like. And I was just thinking to myself, yeah, if I was looking, I'd be like, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I, like, like, I don't, I don't know about this. Like, it would, like you said, it would be eating you alive. And then it'd be one of those things, though, how fair is it to hold it over them? It's in the past. And that was the thing. So for me, it was like I was able to rationalize like, well, that's not who they are anymore. And we're trying to make it work. But that didn't make it hurt any less. Yep. You know what I mean? And so for the sake of your mental health, I would say that there's 
a lot, a lot of people all over the world. And especially like when we get past COVID, like next summer, I'm calling it right now. Next summer is going to be the summer of love. I think you're right, honestly. It's going to be the summer of love. Everybody's going to find somebody. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, everyone's <laughs> going to find somebody. I hope you all been working out, drinking your water, because you're going on the market this summer. And I promise you, y'all are going to all get picked up. Like, I just know it. Like, nobody's not getting picked up. And so that's what I would say. I would say that, especially in these times, it'd definitely be attractive to go back to your ex. You're, yeah, you know, quarantining, right. you're social distancing, you're not going out. Like, it would be very easy to make that mistake. It's nice to have something familiar. It is. It is. But I would say, yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't do it. Nope. Although, honestly, I might be a big hypocrite. Like, no, I, I, I have an ex where, like, I'll hit her up and then she'd be like, nah, I'm not with it. And then she hit me up and I'll be like, Nah, I'm not with it. Like it just That's goes, funny. it just goes back and forth. It's so wild. So the most recent time I said nah, but I could see myself if, if she hit me right now being like, "And I'm a big hypocrite." Like, what are you doing? Like, where you at, babe? The like, real question <laughs> is, does she watch the fireside chat? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, I hope not. No, I I wish her all the like you said. You have to love and wish them all the best, and I really do, sincerely. Like. I just know that for me, myself, and I, like, in your head, like, you just have to know, like, you broke up for this. Is any of that going to change? Is any of it fixed? That's the first question you have to ask yourself. Then the second is, is everything from the past in the past, and can you let go of it emotionally? And then even then... Well, so yeah, the, that's the big one. Actually, yeah, I Those agree. are the two big let ones. Let go of it emotionally. I feel like... That needs to be its own third one is is the past in the past. It's two. And then three, if the past is in the past, can you let go of it? Because it really is that big. Yeah. No, certainly. So that's what we would say. And at the same time, you know, like we always tell you, you know, we're we're like, you know, the, the generals calling the plays from or like a coach or something calling the plays from like the sidelines or from a distance roommates where your virtual roommates at the same time you're the one on the ground you know what feels right you know what makes you comfortable and you know what makes you happy and if you're gonna sit there and tell me that that was the happiest time of your life when y'all were together then i would also not be the person to tell you not to do it i would say there could be happier times i would say that there's definitely greener pastures there's always greener pastures literally but at the same time, if you tell me, man, I've been alive 25, 30 years, that's the happiest I've been, Jay. Like, I'm going to be like, yeah, well. Sometimes it be like that, though. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say. So that's what I would say about dating your ex. You know, just consider those factors, please. And please be careful. Guard your heart. You only get one. And every time it breaks, I promise it doesn't come back together all the way. That's just the unfortunate truth. That being said, IGN has declared that Sinister is the scariest movie ever. IGN, the video game? They don't cheats? just do video games. They definitely don't just do <laughs> cheats. They, Boy, they bought <laughs> Cheat Planet, yes. They did that. That was a solid move. No, they're a whole, like, network now. Yeah, that's where I get all my uh, Legend of Zelda walkthroughs. Oh, I was going (laughs) to say that. So they they went by heartbeat, like, how much your heart was beating over the course of the movie. And they said your heart rate. Yeah, for Sinister, they said Okay, first of all, IGN is wrong because Sinister is is not the scariest movie of all time. It's not? Then what is Shade? Well, that, I don't know. It is (laughs) subjective. It kind of depends on say, th- your Throw something out person. there. Like, I don't throw... know. I would say that, you know, The Exorcist is probably scarier than Sinister. Uh, the Exorcist was a good one. I'm not going to lie to you. I really like the new It movie. It, yeah, I mean. I don't care what anybody says. That's up there in my in my generation. Pet, I that's would say up there. Pet Cemetery, the new, the new one, one, was more scary than Sinister. What? I haven't seen the new Pet Cemetery, but I heard it wasn't good. What? Dead. No, I I liked it. I liked it. It's it, on Hulu, right? Oh, I don't know, but we ha- I have it on Vudu, so we could always watch it if you wanted to. It's pretty good. Wait, 
Okay. I was going to say, I might have to take you up on that. I've read the book like three times. It does deviate from the book. I won't tell ah, you too much. I won't tell you. I know. I know. Oh, those Sons of Guns had to do it. But, you know, like, that's what made the remake kind of interesting. Was And it was little details. What about, it's mostly the same. How do you feel about The Conjuring? I love The Conjuring, whole universe. The whole Warren verse. Ed <laughs> and Lorraine Warren, like, yeah. just doing, doing the Lord's work. Um, Insidious? Insidious was good. It was all right. Okay. I wouldn't say a lot of those were particularly scary. Like one of the first movies that really kind of like freaked me out, but I was probably like four or five years old, was Poltergeist. Uh, that movie, which is I think only rated like PG for whatever reason, is <laughs> terrifying, at least for a kid. Now, I'm not saying that Sinister wouldn't, freak the ever-living daylights out of a child, but I feel like it doesn't hit those same elements that, like, classic horror really hit. But, you know, people are watching movies differently now. They yeah. like this fast-paced action. They don't get the as entranced scares. into this, like, artistic scene. And, I don't know, I guess scary to them might just be Jump scares and increased heart rate. You know, it might just they be said adrenaline Insidious rushes. had the scariest moment of all time. Insidious had the scariest moment? Yeah. What's the moment? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was uh, from the first movie, probably, when he's in the further. Oh, Remember, like, yeah, and, like okay. there's, like, he, like, the jump scares are pretty good. He had the one where um, he heard the shotgun. Remember the girl shot the, or the, uh. What was she? She was uh, the girlfriend number two. Showed up and shot the husband and his wife. Right. I was like, that's... Or maybe that was the wife that shot the girlfriend and the husband. I'm not really sure now that I think about it. But... And then, like, he walks away. Here's the shotgun blast. Goes back up. They're laying there dead. Yeah, and then they just like that. come back to life out of nowhere. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, there was some... I think that was probably... I do remember it. that, yeah. That or... There was another one where uh, in the second movie, you remember when they're in the hospital? Which part of when they're in the hospital? I guess they're in a couple hospitals. The part where it goes dark. I just remember it being very dark. And I was oh like, my oh. God. I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, God. Like, that that, that was bad. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was wild. So I like Insidious up there. I what would about say Sinister, I could see being the most thrilling movie considering heart rate okay what about um the grudge or the ring you like those, those? are creepy yeah those are good you like those I better like than sinister definitely both um yeah they're definitely scarier yeah than good. sinister i remember when we first watched it me my sister and my dad would like in the middle of the night would like you'd be going to the bathroom and you'd like go outside someone's door and then be like that's awful <laughs> i was like oh come on now guys like that's that's just wrong do you no. own origins we watched together i, would I say. wouldn't recommend that to anybody anybody listening that do own origins don't put my name with that don't you dare like <laughs> Don't you dare. Like, that was just... I would watch it again. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I might Actually, watch it I again, wouldn't. but I definitely wouldn't but... recommend it to somebody who I want to view me as normal. Oh, no. Like, I would that... not recommend that. Like, that would not be a date movie. Like, if that wouldn't be a date be movie f... in 10 years. Right. Like, yeah. If you want to can... be freaked out, watch Own Origins. That stuff is weird. But, yeah, no. I think the horror thing, it's all subjective because we grew up being scared of creepy and now like they're scared of jump scares, but some people are scared of like the, some people are scared of like the gore thing. Like Shay, you're going to go to sleep scary. tonight. You're going to go to sleep tonight. What if you wake up and, and Jigsaw is standing over you talking about some, are you going to dig out your eye to get the key or are you going to watch this trap close on your head? Or, I'd be pissed. Or like hostile. I, after seeing hostile, I couldn't leave the country for a year. I was like, man, I pull up somewhere. I'm dark meat American. I was like, yeah, that, they love my, that, they love me. Like that paranoia. I was fear like, come is, on, is now. strong from Hostel for I was sure. Say, like, yeah, like 
It just sounds like It makes you not the really hotel. trust people. That's you, true. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you go to any hotel and it's less than 120 a night. They're selling somebody there. They might not be selling you, but they're selling somebody to make up for it. Like, yeah. I was like, I stayed at the uh, at this hotel called the Red Tree Inn in Myrtle Beach, and it was like seventy a night. And I was so scared I was gonna go missing. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, I saw like a, a drug a deal night. with like these this biker gang going down. Yeah, Outside, Myrtle I was Beach. Like, oh, I was like, Myrtle Beach I'm in at the wrong night. You'll spot, see some yeah. stuff for yeah, sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, this is I just... like Myrtle Beach though. It's a nice place. Totally depending on where you're at. Totally unacceptable. We found didn't. I didn't really find the Twilight Zone to be scary as a kid. It's not it was like, scary. There are certain scenes that are kind of like freaky, but it can be off-putting, especially now that I'm like an adult and I feel like I understand the Twilight Zone more. I will watch certain things and I'll be like, man, that's upsetting. It's not yeah. so much scary. It's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind I of guess the same be... way that Black Mirror is. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, technically they said movie, so, but we oh, can okay. talk about TV shows next time. Black Mirror, The Twilight Zone. I want to talk about, uh, I want to get you to see, what's it called? Castle Rock. Castle Rock. The Stephen okay. King, like, uh, universe. The first season is, uh, the first season takes place at Shawshank Prison. The second season takes place, uh, it's in the same town, but it takes place with Ann Wilkes from Misery. Oh, okay. It's Ann Wilkes, like, 20 years before, like, Misery takes place. So it's actually, like, super, super interesting. Hmm. It's really, really... Like, you see why, like, Ann Wilkes, like, you watch her go... She's... You just watch her go mad. Yeah, no, that it's sounds crazy. good. Um, But that being said, guys, we are mostly out of time. And so you know how we end every episode. We run it down. And so this will be the last rundown of the year. Thanks to uh, the L.A. Dodgers winning the World Series. Congratulations really to tonight. them. Yep. Congratulations to the L.A. Dodgers. Congratulations to Mr. Kershaw. I'm so excited for Mr. Kershaw. Like He finally got a ring. Like, he did it. It was dude, looking kind of dodgy there for a second. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, in that video game, The Show, I chose to go to the Dodgers because I wanted to help him win a ring, and he retired the year before we won one. I was like, wow. I'm so mad at my teammates. Like, I'm mad at my coach. Like, I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at myself. Like, I tell you. That being said, Francis is the first Pope, Pope to endorse Francis. same sex civil unions. Yep. Homosexual people have a right to be in a family. They're children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or made miserable over it, the Pope said. Shade, you're a good Catholic man. Thoughts on that? I wouldn't call myself a good Catholic man, but yes, I was raised Catholic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's about time. Um, I think this was long, long overdue. Uh, next thing, we need to accept you know, trans and the rest of the LGBTQIA. Yep. Couldn't agree more. That being said, you all, COVID relief, we talked about earlier. Just so you know, I wanted to say it's dead. 86, it, it's done. Don't talk to me about COVID relief. We're not going to talk about COVID relief on this show until after the election. So this is the last time you're hearing about it. It's done. It's a done deal. I've read, shade, and seen all that I need to see to know it's over. <laughs> Mitch McConnell today was you. talking about, he said, yeah, you know, you just, you wonder how close they actually got. And it was like, wait, he's talking about it in the past tense. Like, like it's done. I was like, "Yep, that's French for it's over." Like, yeah. he put that point five bill, the skinny bill on the floor. I was like, "It, it's done." Until the American people give a new mandate to somebody, or tell them that they have to work together, there's no real reason to compromise. You might as well just hedge your bets on winning what you're gonna win. Uh, that being said, I am. I think I just skipped past. Did I say I'm with you on the Pope thing? Yeah, I'm not a Catholic man, but I am with you on that. You know, I don't think anybody should be made to feel bad about that type of stuff. No, it's ridiculous. I think everybody, yeah, everybody can be, you know, in a family and love. And, yeah, we're all people, man. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I just, I, I like the Pope's interpretation of that. Being said, he's getting some blowback within the Catholic Church. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, that's to be expected. Yeah, but so Cyberpunk seventy seven is delayed again. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Game. 
Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if. I just wonder, like, I do my job. Why don't you do yours? I don't get to delay when school starts. It's like, no, let me stop messing around. <laughs> but actually, though, it, it is kind of frustrating, and it it's a letdown for some gamers, but I don't know. You know I'm, I'm, I'm playing sh- my sports games right now. so I'm, I'm sure they're working hard to get it out as soon as they can, and they just want the game to actually work as intended. They're working around the clock. All right, here's my question for you then. The game work, works as intended. Are they going to have an update on day one? <laughs> Usually games every, do, though. Every game does. Well, I'm just saying, most games don't have two right. delays. Like, well, you have you all know, these delays. You need to update day one, too? Like, you know, I look at this from an artistic perspective. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, if it's I needed like, to release an album, it might take a month. It might take a year. I'm it might take three not, years. It might. I don't Good. know. Well, in the meantime, we'll be playing something else, I guess. I don't know. That being said, I just wanted to end it again with the Dodgers did it. And if the Dodgers did it, they overcame their struggles. What? They went to the World Series four out of the last five years. This is the first one they've won. So if they can overcome their struggle, so can you. Yeah. And with that being said, I hope you all party like it's 1988. Been 86.5 the vibe. It's been 100% real. The fireside chat. Jackie C. And Shade. And Shade EV. And we love to have you. So.